I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners. Uh, welcome to a mini tale of Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries, where we strive to keep things under 45 minutes. Which won't be a problem for this one. Which, if you've heard our other mini tales, can tell you how Tara thought about this movie. Now, I'm going to go on record as saying I think she's being a little too harsh on it. I don't think it was that bad. However, I will say, did have we said what movie we did? We, we didn't have not. This is Mary Poppins Returns. Surprise. Let me tell you, if you th- didn't see it in theaters because you thought you wouldn't like it because you really liked the original, you're fine. You're good. You don't have to Just see it. Just go watch the original again. If you've kind of been like interested in seeing it, check it out. I think you can also fast forward through some of it and mm-hmm. be fine. Um, I will say, and let's start off with some good things before we go into this. Let's let's do that. We're going to start <laughs> off with the things we liked about it. Okay. And then we're other things we didn't like. First of all. Emily Blunt. She saves. She's the best part of the movie. Yes. I will say when I saw the previews, the trailers, I wasn't super pumped to see her as Mary Poppins. She, I love the voice. I love her mannerisms. I love the personality she gives to Mary Poppins. She nails it. I was not a fan of her singing voice or really any of the songs in the whole movie, not including. We're talking about things we like. We're talking about things we like. Okay. So we're gonna start just talking about things we like. Yes. So I will say. I enjoyed her character and her portrayal of Mary Poppins. I think she was spot on with that. I think the dialogue was great, but the dialogue I think also comes from the stories. But I think they nailed... I, I don't know that that's necessarily true. And I, I don't know, because I don't know the stories that this was based on So well this enough. is apparently based on some other P.L. Travers story. Yeah, she had a collection of stories yes. of different Mary Poppins stories. And that's... You were asking when we were watching it, you are like, is that the format it takes? The books, I think, are just... A couple days, like she shows up, she does some things, and she leaves. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of what they do here, but um, and we'll go into the problems in a bit, but they do kind of follow the same thing of the first one. I think she, I agree. I think she's wonderful. I think she does a. I think she would. She will always be the second best Mary Poppins. Yeah, those but are hard she's a shoes. Really good. Those second. are very hard shoes to fill. Beautiful shoes. That's Beautiful another thing I want to talk about. To I really enjoyed the costume design. I did too. Now, I think if we weren't coming directly off of recording the Cinderella episode, we may have noticed that a little bit more mm-hmm. because Cinderella is such a masterpiece of costume design. Yes. This one was, was very good, very colorful. I like the costumes they wear when they go into the pot. When they go into the porcelain the, um, the ceram- bowl. Yeah. yeah. The ceramic bowl. And um, it looks like it's drawn on. Like yes. I will, yeah, I liked those costumes a lot. I liked all of Mary Poppins. Looked, I like her blue number that I don't think is she, she wear that in the original. The one that she shows the up in. The blue coat? Yeah. Um, she has a, a coat that unbuttons. I think it's designed a little bit different. Yeah, this one looks a little yeah. more like a cape. Yeah, the apron she wears in the bathtub scene is very similar to the apron in Spoonful of Sugar. It might be an identical one. I it's love very... her 
swimsuit when she's in the bath yeah the bath scene i liked a lot i I think once they got in it was okay but like them in the bathroom and her trying to convince them that it's musical Mm, was interesting i talked about this when we watched it but i will put up a video that was the making of this scene they had like a huge slide so that people were actually going in and like sliding under and getting out of the scene yeah um Anything else you liked about it? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There was there was moments uh, we talked a lot about how we liked to spoil the end. We liked that the, the the what saved the day wasn't the bank statement, the bank certificate. It was the tuppence he had given away. In yeah, the first that one. Michael Michael gave to his father, and his father invested it in the bank. And we find out like it is now like grown into a mature fund that can pay off the loan for the house. And I guess we should tell the story, which is very simply, Michael is an adult he has three children two twins recently lost his wife recently widowed annabelle and john are the oldest and they're twins and then georgie georgie was the best kid the Mm -hmm. younger kid Mm -hmm. we thought i like georgie yeah i liked georgie a lot and jane you think jane lives there but we find out later she has a flat somewhere else and she's just been staying there more to help take care of the children since his wife has passed away and ellen who was the housekeeper in the original one, it seems that it's the same Ellen. And I will say I liked her a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning it's the same, not the same actor, but the same character. She is aged. Um, and Played I think she... by Julie Walters of, I believe, Absolutely Fabulous fame. Oh, okay. She was also in... No, no, no. That was Molly Weasley. That was the, the, the mother from the Weasleys. Oh, Okay. I think she nailed Ellen's character. I think that was done well. The uh, captain, the neighbor, the the captain, they, you know, very, admiral, yeah, very similar. And I think they were done well. I did really like Colin Firth. 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 I'll never get it right. (laughs) Um, I liked his portrayal. He wasn't a very complicated villain, but I did enjoy his portrayal. And Mr. Fry, I liked a lot. So there's two lawyers who work for the bank, who basically just do foreclosures and mm-hmm. when the bank repossesses the house. And so there's two of them. And I liked Mr. Fry, who is the nice it's, lawyer. It's one of them who's like in, in incredibly cheery and hopeful and like looks out. He's like, oh my goodness, I think we'll try and figure out something. Like he's yeah. always so super, super... He's trying to help the people who are losing their yes. house. Um, I liked him a lot. I liked uh, Michael. I liked Ben Wishaw, I believe, played Michael. And he's mm-hmm. Q. You know, I, we're always trying to find Bond. Someday I will turn this into a James Bond podcast. <laughs> but he plays Q in the newer James Bonds. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked him a lot. Uh, it was fun to watch this through the lens that our listener Bob put us through when he said that Bert was a one was a was a millionaire who had when they said, "Oh, he's out traveling the world." It's yeah, like, oh. that's the only time they mentioned Bert. But yeah, she does ask about Bert and uh jack which is lin-manuel miranda's character essentially was a boy who i guess worked with bert and so that's how he knows the family and knows mary poppins and that's kind of that connection um i also liked when they go up into the attic to look for basically uh michael takes out a loan because he can't pay all the bills when his wife passes away and he's kind of overwhelmed he was a painter we find out yes and so that's why they don't own the house outright because if you know Mr. Banks, he most he would have paid off his father would have paid off that house. Right. So that's why they don't own the house outright anymore. And so they're searching everywhere before Mary Poppins comes to try to find uh, the certificate that says that they had shares in the bank that his father. But they can use that to leverage. Yeah, because his father was a senior partner at the bank, which that we know from the first one. And so when they're up in the attic, we see the snow globe. 
So that was a fun throwback. They he finds the snow globe. He finds the kite, which plays a, a pretty part. pretty big role because he throws it out in the trash. The wind picks it up. Georgie goes after it in the park. It kind of drags Georgie along, and then that's how it brings Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. How she comes into the film. I got a little excited when I saw that scene when like the clouds parted and she's holding on to the kite. Yeah. I was like, here we go. Like yeah, and it was exciting to see the tail of the kite was the women's suffragette. Yes. Where, yeah, it was fun to see that. And, and the Jane's become a, lo- a there. Jane's become a union organizer. Yeah, and working like a... with soup kitchens and and different source, but, and I forget what it all stood for, but spruce. Spruce, that's Society it. Society for the Protection of Rights for Union, something like that. Something, yeah. The the oh, we're, we're just talking nice things now. We'll go. Into well, I'm done. I don't have any other nice things. All right, so let's start first with that. And I think one of the biggest problems about this th- this movie simultaneously, I wanted it to be more nostalgic without being a direct l- reference. I wanted to see lines that got played out, and that's why I like the the tuppence ended up being the thing that saved him. But there was too much stuff that was mirroring and not. It was reflective and not continuing. Every single song was a one for one. Like every single song, even if they weren't exact, it was the same sentiment. It, it was just like, made you go, oh, this is super califragilistic. Yes, this is, this is supposed to Jolly be this. Holiday. This is this supposed is this. to be the laughing song. This is, oh, Bert is opening the, the number with a song, which that was one of my least favorite songs was the opening number. Um, pretty much any time a song came on, minus the... The bathtub song was interesting, and the song when they're singing about the book, which is mirroring supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Part of it. Part of it. it I mean, it's they jump into a chalk painting, they jump into yeah. a porcelain bowl. So, um, minus those two songs, they could have cut every other song out for me. Like, they did nothing for I kind of liked the balloon song, but by that the point, balloon I was song was so it. it was so long, though. That's the song at the very end. Well, it was also, when it ended, they still had, like... 10 more minutes to go and they should have just ended it with the balloon And that's the other thing is I wrote in my notes before we see Cousin Topsy which is Meryl Streep's character which is still not even halfway through the movie I wrote feels long zone out at each song Mm -hmm. and there was still like probably five more songs left and this movie was about three minutes longer than cinderella and we definitely like you felt it you felt it was long and going back to what you were saying with nostalgia we did just come off of watching and recording Cinderella. Cinderella did what we wanted it to do. It was nostalgic. It added new information. It didn't hit beat for beat. It did things differently in an interesting way. And I think when you have a movie as iconic as Mary Poppins, where all of the songs were very popular and the talent that you had in it and the way things were done, you it did it a disservice to do it as a one for one. Mm-hmm. It did it a disservice... Because you're automatically, your brain is automatically comparing it. And I don't think that's fair to the people who starred in this movie, right? I will say with Emily Blunt's performance, I stopped comparing her to Julie Andrews because she had enough that was different about her until it came to the singing. I did not care for her singing. Yeah. Um, Her Her dancing was really good. Her dancing and her acting was, I, I really enjoyed it. So at that point, I wasn't comparing her to Julie Andrews. Because I enjoyed what she did with the character. Mm-hmm. Jack didn't need to be in the movie. Jack was okay, and I'm gonna. I'm on. I'm on record on another podcast saying this. I say it again. I think Lin Manuel Miranda is extraordinarily overrated. I don't think he's a good actor. I think he's an excellent lyricist. I think he's an excellent creative mind. I think he deserves a, a place behind the scenes in a lot of movies. I don't I don't want to see him on screen much anymore. I thought he was the most boring part of Hamilton. 
Now, I don't agree with that. I will say I did not care for him in this movie. I he does I a just, voice on DuckTales that I think is very boring. Uh, he's in he, I just anytime I've seen him on screen I loved other him than in, House. I loved him in House. That's but, how I got to know him was when he was in House. But I feel like how in, I came in to House know him, he I was a say. struggling hungry actor and now he's And he the, rapped. He rapped yes. all throughout House. And now he's the king of the world and they just go what do you want to do regardless of if he's good at it. And I felt like a lot of what they did with Jack in this was because they had Lin-Manuel Miranda. If you would have cut Jack out of this entire movie, I don't know that there much would have changed. They would have had to come up with a different way to turn back. Not even just turn off the lights on Big Ben. Oh, which we, was, we're going to get to that in a little bit yeah. because I didn't care for that But you could have rewritten that interestingly. Yeah, I we don't... We think you should rewrite it anyway. Yeah. If Jack hadn't been in the movie... I think they put Jack in the movie because they wanted a Burt and yes. you didn't need a Burt, I don't think. Well, I, that's... Yeah, like, I don't think you needed in this film. And again, that goes back to me saying it didn't have to be a one-for-one. One. You didn't have to have... They had three children instead of two children, right? So they could have done something different where they didn't have a Bert who was, like, so focused. But they also... It's it's going back to what I said when I was, like, they put her in a union role. Yeah. Similar to that. But that union role played no part in it. Yeah. It was just like, isn't she a nice it's person? It's just a throwback that her like, mom, her mother was doing that kind well, of work. Well, let's see that. Like, maybe maybe we make Michael and Jane a bigger part of the movie where, like, there's something going on with her and the union that she has to deal with as well. Yeah. She was just kind of in this movie, she too. She was just kind of there. And then they played a love interest with her and Jack, which I just thought was weird. And he was like, oh, yeah, I remember her. I used to wave up at her and, like, look at her. And I don't know. I just didn't think that needed to be in there. Uh, I thought that was weird. Emily Mortimer was that actress, and I thought she was very good and she charming. She was good. And I, I just her. don't think her her character, character was had much to do, well. Other than be a sounding board for Michael, in which case I want... I thought they did a good job with Michael, like, giving him, giving him some songs and the kind of, like... His songs. I didn't... You, look, that's fine. Yeah. But just the fact that we're, like... You know, you said this too. He wasn't like George where he was like, this is how it should yeah, be. Yeah, I would agree with that. He was a much more dynamic character than and George he, was. He, he was very self-aware and aware of his children's feelings. And so in that way, yes, he was very different than his father. And when he caught himself being like his father, the children would say something which would kind of snap him out of that, oh, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to act that way. So I, yeah, I will I, say that. I also thought the children were... Like, in the first movie, it was like the children were, were acting out because things were rough. And in this one, it's like the children were stepping up into positions. Well, the children said, we've learned to take care of ourselves in the last yes. year. Like, it's very clear that Which is they're sad. self-reliant on one another because Michael's head is elsewhere because yeah. their mother and his to wife To which, to died. me, it almost felt like Mary Poppins should have shown up and she's like, now I'm a secretary. And she should have been his assistant. Well, Mary Poppins was really there to take care of Jane and Michael. Honestly. Like, let's be honest. Like, she was taking care of the kids, but she was more making so that things were right with their life. She, she was manipulating the children into helping Michael and Yes. Jane. Yeah, she was still there to care for Jane and Michael um, at the end of the day, which is fine. Um, she has a lot of good, like, clever one-liners, and I wish I wrote more of them down, because there were a lot of funny ones. But mm -hmm. I liked when... She says cleaning is not a spectator sport yes. and like has the kids like clean up the, and she's like, you know, Michael and Jane, you think they would have learned to like take after themselves. I like that the, some of the lessons she wanted Michael and Jane to learn, they did not learn. Yes. Like it's very evident, like that they're still in their old ways of doing things. I liked in the bathtub scene where she's singing and the porpoise comes up. She goes, no, not yet. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that she has I command really of 
her world. And that's how the original Mary Poppins was. Yes. So I enjoyed that. I have an exclamation mark here with the penguins. The penguins make an appearance, which that was kind of fun. That's when they're in the, I the like, porcelain in the in the bowl. Yes. Uh, they're, they're doing a, a, a song. Kind of like a vaudeville about, number on stage. And then I like when the, the penguins are throwing books as Lin-Manuel is, is walking like up walking them. up. I yeah, thought that was Yeah, it's like a cool. pop-up book. That, what I will... Oh, go th- ahead. That scene I thought was very cool. I liked the pop-up book aesthetic of it. I liked the costumes. I liked costumes. that. I liked the costumes. What I will say is I think the original did a better job of feeling like they were integrated with the animation. Well, I feel like when this one, the animation is behind them a lot. And so they're in apparently front of it. there was a big fight where the, exec, the studio exec says, said, don't do hand animation, do computer animation. The director was like, I'm not going to do a Mary Poppins movie and not do hand animation. Yeah. And they were like, well, you like, so I think part of that might've been production schedule. Of yeah. Like, well, it shows like, it's yeah. very clear because when we watch the original Mary Poppins, it holds up very well because they did a lot of things. I think that last over time. And I think with the computer animation, sometimes it does it a disservice. And I think with this, it does that here because you want them to be interacting. Well, with Well, it's each not. Other. It's still hand drawn, but I just but think it's that, not. Yeah, it's like it's, they're like we don't. Have, we have a production. Exactly. Schedule, yeah, it didn't. It didn't. The final product didn't happen in the same way. So Quit. there was a lot in that that took me out of that scene. That I was like, oh, I kind of wish this looked different, or I wish they did this different. Put Chris O'Dowd as a voice in more stuff, though. I love him. Yeah, the, he as was, Seamus. The, yeah, I the, liked the, that. I'm part poodle too. Like, yes, I, yeah. he was. I thought that that was pretty clever. I also liked like the interactions in that world that we're remembering that it was still a porcelain bowl. Like they're driving on the side of the bowl. Yeah, he yeah, that the was bowl cool. To like do stuff. I thought mm-hmm. that was all real cool conception of the scene yeah jane the original actress who played jane has a cameo like looking for and i thought that was fun to have her in it um apparently angela lansbury is in the end and that was a role that was originally for julie anders and julie anders who apparently was was very supportive of the emily blunt's casting mm-hmm. decided not to do she goes no it's emily's show now let her do it and i think that was a wise choice and i'm glad she said no because i think it i don't think it would have been a good payoff i think it would have just been like oh this is who i was missing from this movie all along was the original mary poppins like i think it would have been weird having can her I, in it can i tell you about another uh cameo that that the fans petitioned to have but they were shot down okay they wanted to have Michael Rooker appear in this movie. Do you know who Michael Rooker is? Michael Rooker played Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. As you can remember, he goes, I'm Mary Poppins, oh, y'all! Yes, yeah. Like they they wanted, just wanted him they, in it. There was a petition to get him in Oh, that's really the, funny. Can I tell you another story? Sure. Uh, I think it's interesting. Uh, so when Mary Poppins, they wanted her to do it, you remember You know, remember that she was pregnant. Yes. So they had to push it back. Mm-hmm. The exact same thing happened with Emily Blunt. Oh, that's they really funny. They asked her to funny. do it. She goes, I'm pregnant. I don't have time. And they're like, we'll hold off. That's funny. I, Isn't that I, interesting? Yeah, I appreciate that they held it. I think she was the right person for the part, again, minus the singing, but her as the portrayal of the character, I thought she nailed. Um, let's talk about another cameo that, to me, felt like it didn't fit in because it was so drastically different style-wise, and I'm curious what the original story was, and that's Cousin Topsy, Meryl Streep. I, think I guess that, she's I think not a cameo, but she was I think a part... It's supposed to be Uncle Albert, essentially. It's that, like, topsy-turvy well, thing. Well, apparently but... in the book, they that's a constant story that shows up every time as she goes and sees a relative. 
But this one just wasn't good. It just didn't hold up yeah. to Uncle Albert. And again, I think Uncle Albert's them on the ceiling looked better. Like her upside down, it just looked junky until uh, yeah. they all flipped upside down and then everything looked right. But there was no gimmick It just to looked it. cluttered. Yeah. Yeah, it just it looked like you're standing on the ceiling. Like, and you went through a small door to get into. Yeah, I didn't care for it. Meryl Streep performed the heck out of the number, but I don't. She looked like she was having a lot of fun. Which is great. I just, like, it didn't, like, do much for me. No, I'm with um, you. And I feel bad because I love Meryl Streep. Like, I don't I mean, know. She's a national treasure. Yes, but I just, it didn't do much for me. And I don't know. Her being Russian was fine, but it just felt too out of place. And she can have a Russian cousin. Like, I don't care that Tara she was notoriously Russian. hates the, this is all not people true. from I Russia. I just feel like it just... She's like, this drink's good. What's in it? I go, vodka. And she spits it out. <laughs> blah, blah. I just feel like it just... It felt too out of place. It almost felt forced. It felt like, again, they were it, it, doing it wasn't a one it for felt, one. It wasn't that it felt out of place. It just felt like she was doing a funny Russian accent. It felt like... Uh, Allison Brie and Glow. Yeah, like it didn't feel like enough. It felt like a, yeah. a cartoon. And I just don't think it it landed. Yeah. Okay. The number that was an exact one for one was "Trip the Light." Fantastic. I don't know that that's the name of the song, but that is "Step in Time" and the Chimney Sweep but song. It's too but too slow. Too slow. Too long and boring in a lot of parts. Like, like too it, static. It was one shot up a, up a stage. Like Step in Time felt like it was a little more dynamic shots and yeah. stuff too. And it Step in Time it, And it, it was kick and prance was what they did and what they said instead yeah. of Step in Time and then they go into like talk speaking or singing in Cockney which that was kind of fun. And then at the end all of a sudden it's BMX bikes. Okay. Which the, I dug that. I, I will say I liked I liked the bikes. But it happened at the end, and I'm like, well, you didn't need all this other stuff. But again, you could have cut that whole number down well, to just a, a chorus of that song. You would have cut that whole number if we would have gotten rid of Jack, if Jack had not been in this movie, True. which yeah. I would have been fine. Yeah. Because I think it also takes away from Mary Poppins. There was a lot of scenes where it felt like Mary Poppins was, was just not the main there. character in the scene. Yeah. And that she always took over the scene. Yes. At the end, when they're trying to turn back Big oh, Ben, oh guys, this part spoiler, we hated she, this part. They need, they need to. He, the the banker says, if you give me the 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 bank certificates by the stroke of midnight, it, you'll be fine. So I'll stay here and I'll wait for you. Trying to sound magnanimous. Um, Colin Firth's character is always trying to sound way nicer than he is, but he's a, he's really scheming, and the kids are kind of on to him the whole yes. time. So they decide they go. Let's turn back time. To which I think the idea, what I thought was going to happen is Mary Poppins is, I will now reveal that I am magic to all the adults standing here. Let's do this. And I'm like, all right, this is, this is Mary Poppins on a mission. Like we haven't seen this before. It's like, I'm going to go do something. Someone has summoned me to, to fulfill a mission. It's usually just, do you know what I'm saying? Like usually it's just, I show up and I make things better, but this is like, this felt like an action scene with Mary I Poppins. See. Yeah. That's what I thought was okay, going to happen. Okay. Yeah. I didn't necessarily think it was going to go that way, but. Well then all the other lamplighters show up, which I'm like, oh, I, my thought well, was. Well, they're oh, helping them move. That's why they're all there. They're help. The lamplighters. Two are, of them are there. <laughs> two true, of them are helping them move. they are, but there's several of them helping them move out of the house. So there are right. some of them there so to begin with. all of them show up on bikes and they're doing jumps again. Like it's, sorry, like it's a BMX thing. Yeah. And then they all go to Big Ben and then they, they take the children. We got to take the children. We got to take Mary Poppins. We got to go do this thing. Because they're not going to make it in time to get to the bank. Yes. And so Jane and Michael, they're basically like, you If just... I could turn back 
time. They're basically like, if I could find a way. Cher would have been a good Mary Poppins. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> oh boy, that would have been a different movie. Um, um, but basically they say to Jane and Michael, you go to the bank. We're going to take care of the turning back the time. Like, don't worry if you're late to the bank. We've got this. But then all the lamplighters and Mary Poppins of the Kids show up. And then Mary Poppins of the Kids immediately stand back and watch the lamplighters do their thing. And they take these rickety ladders to try to go up Big Ben, to which they could have died. It was super dangerous. We know Mary Poppins can fly. Like, well, there's he, no point. Jack gets up there and finally turns off the light on Big Ben and then is like, which we, we were like, is that really how? There's a whole bunch of, like, gas lamps behind Big Ben. I'm interested in the history of Big Ben now. And, yeah, and how Big Ben is lit. Which, so, that's another rabbit hole for another time. So he gets up there and turns over, he's like, I can't reach the hands. And Mary Poppins goes, oh. And then like she goes, all something. right. To which I want to be like, why? Like I wish they would have cut to one lamplighter who didn't have a line anywhere else in the movie. He just goes, why didn't you do this? This would have saved time. Like it would have saved time in the movie. It would have made more sense. It would have like, been less in dangerous. Yeah, I just the kids my, don't do anything in the end. No, and my my point. At that point in the movie, when we were talking as it was going on, was Mary Poppins never really puts anyone in danger, so to speak. Like, when she, she, and she takes command and takes control when it's something that's kind of nonsensical or something that's wild. This was wild. They were climbing up Big Ben, like, and then she winds up floating up there anyway. So why did we need that whole sequence? She could have just floated on up there and changed the time. Well, I also feel like sometimes Mary Poppins, people have to do the thing themselves. But Fair none of enough. those characters are the people who are learning a lesson. Yeah. It's random lamplighters and Jack. Jack, who is perfect to Mary Poppins. Like, she's seen him multiple times. He's the only adult who remembers her when she leaves and goes back. She, he's yeah. Bert. But we don't need that. Like, if the kids had to do something, maybe not dangerous, but a little perilous, and she sat back like, you need to do this yourself so that yeah. you learn the lesson. I think she's picking up on her energy. That would... That would... Sorry, lady. That would that would make sense, right? Yes. Like, but yeah, the whole it scene was just was an action not, scene with the lamplighters, and it didn't. And need then, to be like in there. Ma- Michael and Jane, and that's what I'm saying. At the end of the day, the whole thing is about Michael and Jane, but they didn't really do that till the end. The the, the kids had no in, that no. They had no alteration on what happened at the end. The adults did everything. And the Mary thing, Poppins did it. The lamplighters did and it. And the thing is, the rest of the movie it is very kid driven. Like yeah. the kids summon Mary Poppins without knowing it, but they bring Mary Poppins into the house and they go to the bank to try to ask um, Colin Firth's character... Firth. Firth, Like first, but Firth. Firth. They go to ask Colin Firth's character, you know, can you give us more time? Like, the kids are very headstrong because of Mary Poppins and even before Mary Poppins comes in. And I think you're right. At the end, all of their, like, courage and their strong-headedness and their, you know, all of... like their energy is taken away. Yeah. And, and is, that was, I was through this movie, like really trying to be like, I like this because movie. Because I but didn't then, care for and it then, but, pretty but early the, on. The step in time bit, I was like, okay. And then this part actually actively made me like, yeah, upset. Cause I was like, it's, it's bad writing. And yeah. I think up until then, maybe not the writing was good, but it was okay. And the dialogue was real good. But then this was just like, the dialogue of Mary Poppins was very good. Like, again, Jack... I thought the kids were the good. The kids were fine. Jack, Jack, Jack's out of this. Jack, <laughs> I feel like they wrote the whole movie and then went, ooh, we forgot something. And then went back and stuck And added Jack, Jack in. in everywhere. Because literally he would show up and scenes be like, hello, Mary Poppins. And then he's inside the house. And I'm like, what? Who? What? what's going on? Why yeah, are you here? Yeah. Um, 
Dick Van Dyke was a fun cameo. I knew he was coming, so I was like waiting for him, waiting for him. He comes at the very end. So he does a little dance number at the end. I told you this. Yes. But apparently they presented him with four dance numbers. And he's how old, did we say? 93. And he said, I want that one. They're like, well, this one's the hardest. He's like, yeah. And we talked, part of this is because we talked about it so much about how he wasn't a dancer when he started. And then became one. became a dancer. And he does a fun little dance. And apparently it got a standing ovation at uh, some of the audiences. I think it was delightful to see him in that role again. And he, he, he's a national treasure as well. Well, the other thing is apparently he looked too young for the role. So they had to actually add old makeup to a 93 year old man. Um, And also Angela Lansbury in her 90s. And I yes. thought did a fantastic job. And you said the oldest woman the to oldest, be in a Disney the film? The oldest woman in a Disney film. I don't have that here anymore, but I read it when I was uh, doing it a, a little while ago. But, I have a couple other facts. Yeah, if you want to share some facts, because I think I'm I'm good. <laughs> Early in the movie, Michael Banks draws a crude 10-pound note saying, The day has barely begun and I've already made 10 pounds. At the Royal Dalton Music Hall, the cartoon animals are seen paying admission in bills that look that Oh, the same that's design. fun. And that is the... The scene when they go into the bowl. They go to I the, like the bowl yeah. scene a lot. The other thing about the bowl scene, uh, in the books, only Jane Banks is transported into the road. So it's not their children. It's still the, the original It's still children. interesting. Jane Banks is tra- only Jane Banks is transported into the Royal Dalton Bowl, and the entire episode was much darker. Instead of a world of talking animals, she meets a 19th century family that tries to force her to become one of them before Mary Poppins Ooh. rescues her. I will say there is that dark part where that wolf character with the the pocket watch who's supposed to resemble the bank manager is stealing all of their stuff and they all wake up having this nightmare and that's how they get out of it they say don't go to the edge of the bowl and they all go to the edge of the bowl and fall off and it goes to all black and then they wake up and they're in the nursery and mary poppins is saying you had a nightmare i don't know what you're talking about and the kids all say oh we had the same nightmare that got a little almost too dark for me because it was it didn't naturally. It was the way it was acted. It didn't naturally progress there. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? I feel like they wrote it in, but it kind of jumped yeah. from like this is really whimsical and playful to this is really dark and scary to forget that any of this happened. I will also so I say didn't, I didn't love the way that was done. I think with this feeling so like little serialized adventures they went on. Even which was like it wasn't the first one. The first one everyone felt like they were learning something. It felt like I don't know a better moral and this one there are a couple where they said so you see children like like the topsy turvy one the point is to look at it from a different point of view and i'm like yeah we got it like yeah. it's literally called turning turtle it's called get and out of here again, like, there, i felt like there were a lot of times where it was like it should it felt like the end of like a sesame street like and yeah remember kids the letter of the day <laughs> yeah or like yeah. uh they used to do it at the end of He-Man, where they, He-Man would turn to the camera and be like, Oh, yeah. Your postal officer is an important part of your neighborhood. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, thanks, He-Man. <laughs> but again, because they're all individual stories, again, I'm not a very talented storyteller writer, but I would imagine that since you have all of I these well, First off, I want to say that that, that shouldn't take away from your opinion of it. You are a, a theater goer. And, and a, a creator. Critique. Yeah, yeah, I listen. guess. But... What I will say is you have all of these short stories that are kind of encapsulated, right? They're just one story, one story. I feel like you could have done so much more to not make it feel like the same movie. You could have taken all of these short stories and paired them in a very different way. And I think they looked for stories that were similar to the original. And I think that that did them a disservice. I feel I've said this several times, but... 
this movie's detriment, I think the downfall to this movie is you couldn't, you were forced to compare it to the original Mm -hmm. because it was so similar in formatting to the original. Mm -hmm. And I think that that really did that, did it a disservice because the original is so iconic because you have Julie Andrews, because you have like these strong characters I just really think they should have done more to do it differently and maybe they felt like they couldn't. Maybe they felt like they needed to stay like in this format or this format works, so let's do it again. And I just think, I, for me, that that's what really like made me... Yeah. Um, so I think we've come to the natural conclusion of this episode. I say the next one we should do is Christopher Robin. I, because I feel yeah, like that's a, another say... continuation... And we should say, I said it in Cinderella, but this one was the most voted for us to do on the Facebook page. And I would like to know what you guys, what we've done to you guys. I would like to know what you think of our opinions. Now, I'm curious, did people vote for it because you enjoyed Mary Poppins Returns or did you not care for it? Or have you not seen it and just wanted to hear us talk about it instead? Or are you mad at us? (laughs) What did we do to you? Um, this in Tron no, Ra- Uprising, not. which I feel like is also going to be kind of a who boy one, but which one? T- the new, the next Tron. Oh, um, yeah, it, it was fine. I'll never watch it again. Same. Um, I will watch the bathtub song again because I really like the bathtub song. I don't. Know I think why. the bathtub song is super fun until they're in the water. Agreed. Then it's kind of okay, but it, it just it felt when they're weird. in the bathroom. It, it definitely they're... felt like we're gonna put you in front of a green screen. Exactly. And just, there was no yeah. sense of place. Now it was in the ocean, so it felt like that. But I, yeah. I don't know. I did want her. I said this during it where they're riding around the bathtub. I didn't want them to stick the uh, sh- stick a shower pipe into it yeah. so they could turn it on like they did and i believe it was saludos amigos or yes three and amigos. it becomes like a propeller yes. yeah uh-huh. <laughs> um yeah i i'd be really curious uh send us an email post on the facebook page 707 yo trpd1 that's 707 yo trpd1 leave us a voicemail at that number tell us what you think of mary poppins returns we've definitely given us some strong opinions on it so i am curious what I, you all I think i will say i think in the in the in the pantheon of movies it's not bad it's as, fine as a sequel to a legendary film like it of course comes up short but if you were thinking i'll say it again if you were thinking of watching it and thought like man i'd really like to check it out check it out like i don't i i i think you should check it out and look at it and if you feel like eh, i'm not into this you should turn it off yeah don't if we weren't doing this for the podcast, I wouldn't have watched it. Because it doesn't get movie. better towards the end. No. It's it I think. In it's fact, stronger. we skipped the whole ending song because we didn't really care for it when they're all floating up in the air in the balloons. We didn't even talk about that, which is fine. Oh, you mean talking about it? I thought you meant skipped it like no, we watched it. Oh no, I'm just I'm just saying like we didn't yeah. address it, but obviously it didn't make that big of an impact on us. Well, we'll we're rambling a bit now, so guys, like we said, let us know what you thought. And uh, next time we'll do our next mini so it'll be Christopher Robin. Uh, see you then. All right, take care. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at TRP Diaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh